Hashem, we are blessed. We are so blessed. Yeah, we are. We are so blessed to be alive. We are blessed to be here. We're blessed to want to change, to want to grow. Yitzi, we're blessed to have Yitzi Grunwald online at, at what time is it in America? 10? What time is it? Two, 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning every day. We are so blessed to be here. We're blessed that, that we have an opportunity to think about our life. Let's start with that. Just to think about what my life is. To think about it. And I just want to define the word life. Because a lot of time people think that life is something that is distant from me. Right? Oh, I got to get my life together. I got to change my life. When am I going to, when am I going to, whatever it is with my life. Right? Your life is happening as we speak. If you remember that. Your life is happening now. Right now your life is going on. And a lot of times, just to clarify that also, a person's life is the way he thinks. When you say my life stinks, when you say I gotta change my life, so obviously there's action that a person you know, can, can make to make his changes. But the shot is that when a person says, my life is terrible, it means my thinking is terrible. Because what's the difference? If, if, uh, if a person in one second right, would be able to think, think differently about his life, and he'd say, he'd be like we've said, happy people are not people who are thankful people, are not the people, you only do me a favor, just close the door and tell them, just tell them to keep it down. Or I, I could tell them. So just tell them to, yeah, you can tell them. You can say from me. And just close the, yeah, please. Thank you. Huh? From the window? The what? The window's open? Thank you. Okay, say it. People think that happy people are thankful. Right? He's a happy guy. He's always thankful. It's the, it's the opposite. If you're a thankful person, you will be happy. Why? What's the job? Because now my life suddenly turns from misery into what happened? It's 2 o'clock in the morning, you're laying in bed, and you have a terrible life. And you sit there and you have a terrible life. I'm not sure how you have a terrible life. You're just sitting there in your head, you have a terrible life. Well, what, 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 why do you have a terrible life? And then suddenly you start saying, oh, you know what? I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. Like we spoke about the other day, affirmations. When a person begins to bombard himself and feed his brain with love and positivity. And you feed your brain with hope. And you feed your brain with the fact that, wow, you know what? Maybe I am very, very blessed. And suddenly your life starts feeling better. So what, what, what changed? The only thing that changed was what changed in your mind. Like I said yesterday, it's not what happens to you when you look at life. Things are happening to you. It's for me. When I look at everything for me, yeah, what this happened for me. When I have a roommate, when I have a roommate that is doing, that is acting, Morty, can you do me a favor? Just tell the other I'm happy everyone's learning. I'm saying they, 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 could, they could keep it a little down that we, we, should, we should try and Maybe unlock that door. Have everyone go around the other, go around so there's less traffic, if you don't mind. Thank you so much. 
Um, okay, I forgot what I was saying. Life getting better. Life what? You're just talking about when your life gets better. Where life gets better. Because you just start thinking it's better. Yeah. Oh. That was the last thing you said. Fine, go lock it, man. I'm gonna lock it. It's not a bad idea, but don't lock it. Okay. Um, so it's one of the reasons we learn purity of speech. One of the re- yes, I'm after. Oh, I thought you had your hand up. One of the reasons we learn one of the reasons we learn purity of speech every day, and we start off our day with purity of speech, is because when a person begins to learn not to focus on other people, that's when you begin to live your life, and it's hard. It's very hard because as long as you're focused on other people and you're focused on this person's my problem. Oh, that's what I was saying, for you. When I'm focused on the fact that this person did this to me. So what happens is when you, when you live in the world of he did this to me, she did this to me, right? my roommate's doing this to me now. Something is happening to me. So then, so then I am not, I'm not taking responsibility on that and I'm putting it on that person. They did that to me. I'm the victim. And they're the person who's doing this to me, who did this to me. But when it's for me, when someone does something for me, the shot is, is that you didn't do something to me that I'm a victim. For me is I change it, right? As the line goes, if you're given lemons, make it into lemonade. What does that mean? I took that situation that was difficult for me and I turned it around. I took that, that shortcoming that I had and I turned it around. Instead of me blaming the person, instead of me talking negatively about somebody, I say, okay, how could I change? How could I be different? So that's the reason we start off with purity of speech, because if we stop speaking Lashon Hara, and we begin to focus on ourselves, on our lives, and we begin to focus on, on how we can Go ahead and, and live the life that I want to have. When we begin to think about the life that I want to live, in spite of all the challenges I might have, in spite of all the shortcomings I may have, that's when a person gets excited and he gets excited to say, I'm going to create the day that I want to have, no matter what's going to happen to me. The weather, we always say, right, people like to check the weather. You want to check the weather to see is it going to be sunny outside? Is it going to be nice outside? What about checking your weather? Check your weather. What does that mean? Is it going to be raining outside? Uh, is it raining? It doesn't matter. It could be sunny outside. But if it's raining inside, it doesn't matter. You're the, you're the, you're the, you're the bad weather. The weather is not outside. The weather is inside. So with that, we start. Question, comments, please. I love question, comments. Yes, Shlomo. A great way I've heard it be described um, is like an inner smoke alarm. Like uh, when you're feeling something and like your inner smoke alarm is, is uh, going off. It's a great way of thinking about it. Oh, well, I mean, the smoke alarm is when it's negative, meaning something. Like when, it's, when, when something's negative, you know, like the dude, dude, like it's right. going off. Right, right. So it's like, just like for emotions, like your, your smoke alarm is going off, and you have to uh, Right, beautiful. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I'll tell you what I like about that also is because anytime an alarm goes off, right, and you feel a certain way, anytime you're going to feel a certain way, 
it's, it's inner. It's inner. Right? Someone asked me recently, he says, what do I do if someone triggers me? And we'll, we'll break down the word trigger a little bit. What do you do when someone triggers you? And I told him, I said, I said, I love the question. Why do I love the question? Like Shlomo, you're saying, if you have a smoke alarm going off, that means if there's an alarm going off, that means you got to replace a battery. You got to find out what's burning. It's never the person outside of you. When you live in that world, and, you, and it's hard. It's very hard to do that because, because it's much easier to say, like we said the other day, it's much easier for a person to say that that other person has to change. You know why? Because if that person has to change, guess what? I don't have to change. Him having to change is really saying, I don't have to change. And we don't want to change. Yes, Shimon Atzadik. You're you know, asking a question, or you're? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, let me let me hear. That can't be true in every situation. Why is that? Let me hear why. Because there are times on the outside where people are doing things. Yes. Where it's actually in the wrong. Where it can actually negatively affect you. All right. So, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Wait, the guy's in the wrong. The guy could be doing something wrong. Okay. The what does that have to around, do with me? What does that? The guy's going around and he's murdering people. Yes. And I see him going towards me. Oh my gosh, right. Correct. What can I do to change? I agree. In that case, myself? in that case, I agree. And you could you run away from people like that. That's not a contradiction to run away from someone who triggers you. I, it's not saying that you want to go ahead and marry someone. Oh, how's the date going? Well, she's triggering me all the time. All the time I just met her, she triggers me. Then we'd call you a big big tzaddik. The tzaddikin did that, by the way. But, but, so I'm not sure what forget, your question is. So what are you talking about? Yes. So that I'm standing next to a guy right. who's not necessarily, and he doesn't need to be, right. he's not at the same place that you're at. Okay. Not that I'm higher or right. anything. He can't be. No one's at the same place as anybody. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So, I'm with you. Yeah, and you can't avoid the person. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So what's the problem? That's so exciting. So now he gives, because he could give you an opportunity to work on yourself. It's all how you look at it. He gives you an opportunity to change yourself. He gives you an opportunity to don him lakas chus. First of all, first of all, first of all, it's not. It's only. It's always. It, it is, and not not just you, Shimon. And you can handle this, but I'm t- telling you the truth. Not that it's always going to be on you. It is always on you. The question is, are we, do we realize and do I process that it's always on me? It's always on me. I don't mean you. It's always on all of us. The question is, am I in denial or am I not in denial? Okay, but reality is I'm not at a stage of like, let's say, lady is like a barditcha who's spit in the face and is happy as can be. Good. So how many times have you gotten spit in the face? And how many people have... Not physically, people? but yes. Okay. So, so that's a good... So first of all, first of all, thank you. I, know, first of all, I, respect, I respect your questions. I really do. I respect your questions and I empathize with what you're saying because I know exactly what you're saying. Been there and will be there. It happens to me as well. But let's talk reality. Let's talk the truth. Right now it's not happening. Right now we're trying to understand what the way things are. 
The truth is, is that you, every person has the ability to react like Rabbi Yitzchak from Bardichev. And everybody has the ability to move away from a person who's hurting them. And every person has the ability to process and to say, you know what, this thing is exactly the best thing for me. Everyone has that ability. Is it hard to do that? Of course it's hard to do that. Is it easier to say, oh my gosh, this guy is the problem, this guy is the this? Of course. But is that the truth? That's not the truth. The truth is, I have the ability to go ahead and to give the guy a hug and a kiss and to say, I mean, you don't have to give him a hug and a kiss physically, but you, in your heart, you could say, you know what? Thank you so much for teaching me that I'm not over when I think I'm over and I'm still struggling with the things that I'm struggling with and you're making me crazy. Recently something has occurred where it's not something from the past that I've experienced, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, is it from the past? Do I need to fix yeah, it? Show the, show, Yitzhi will like to see Shimon. It's a, whole, it's a whole new scenario that I'm dealing with right now. I want you to be able to see him. Can you see? Who's this? Yitzhi. Bruno? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with a whole new Shimon scenario. Shimon Gold, could you hear him? He's, he's okay. Shimon Gold and he's doing his... Shimon's getting getting in there. I, I like told him I was texting last night. I miss him like crazy. Right, I know. Okay. Could you hold this back for a second? So, um, a whole new situation. If Hashem is dealing me this hard, does yes. that mean I'm able to deal with it? Even though I've never dealt with it and I really don't think I can? Yes. If it's dealt to me, that means Hashem, that means I'm sure I can get past it. You can get past it? Not get past it. Accept it like you said at work on my inside instead of worrying about the outside. Yes, I think so, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Does it make it not hard? It's very hard. Of course. Does it make it challenging? Of course it's challenging. But, but if you're in something, then you're in it. Part of the problem, Shimon, part of the problem is we fight reality. If you fight reality, you only lose 100% of the time. When you fight reality, when a person doesn't want to deal with somebody or something, he's only going to lose every time. Every time you're going to lose. When a person wants his wife to be something that she's not, you're going to lose. When you want your father to be someone who he's not, right? Everyone knows their father. Everybody knows their mother. So why are you surprised, right? I love when people say, oh, I spoke to my mother and she got me, she frustrated me. I spoke to my, you know, whoever it might be and they frustrated me. That was the first time you had a conversation. Why are you frustrated? Who's the, who's the problem? Who's the problem? You're the problem because why are you getting frustrated? Oh, because you want the dog to meow and the cat to bark. The dogs bark and cats meow. If every time you saw a cat meow, you'd be like, oh my gosh, why didn't that cat bark? You'd be like, whoa, that is crazy. You'd be like, what, what's going on over here? But once you accept the reality and you define what is meowing and what is barking. So then you're not gonna be, uh, you're not gonna be surprised at anything. So why are you getting all surprised? It's all the expectations we have that that person or that situation is supposed to be a different situation. Things are supposed to be different. Shkol Shemgol. I respect it, I respect it, it's beautiful. Shlomo, you had your hand up? Yeah, I wanted to, I don't know if I'm gonna add on 
or to like help explain exactly like what I understood from what you said, which is basically like like something like like I picked up like what you were saying was uh, projection, like like projection, like putting projections. Like I personally couldn't, couldn't like explain it from personal experience. Like I'll grow in something and then I'll look down at someone for for being less than me, and then exactly. I realize that I'm just projecting because I'm not fully where I need to be. Perfect. And Beautiful. I'm insecure about that. Beautiful. So a Beautiful. lot of times it really is you, and you're just not strong enough in who you are and where you're holding. Beautiful. So yeah. Beautiful. I love what you're saying, Shalom. I want to add another knech to what you're saying, Shalom. A lot of times when we grow and we push ourselves, we don't appreciate how far we've come. And we don't appreciate how much we've grown. And when we see another person who's struggling, then we get upset because we haven't given ourselves the, po- the proper credit for where we are so we're still like angry at ourselves and we still want ourselves to be somewhere. And instead of us giving ourselves the pat on the back and instead of ourselves saying, wow, look how much I've grown, look how much I've changed, and it's okay, he'll get there. There's a certain, usually we're like in two modes, two modes. We're either in the mode of, of I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, or I'm in the mode of, of I'm chilling, I'm chilling, it's all good, it's all good. And when I'm in the mode of I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, and we see a guy who's chilling, we're like, what are you doing? Achutzpah, how are you doing? Like you're saying, Shlomo, like, what do you mean? I was just there a month ago. I was just there a day ago. I was there in that place. So why am I getting angry at him? The answer is you're not getting angry at him. You're getting angry at yourself. Because a person, a person has to realize, not has to realize, it's important for a person to realize, it's important for a person to realize that we're made up of different parts. And there could be a part of me that wants to push myself and push myself and push myself, but there's also a part of me that needs, that needs to chill a little bit sometimes. And we want to be, I, I want to be either Mr. Mr. Uh, pro- productive, responsible, or I could chill. We don't realize that, okay, sometimes I need to chill also. So, um, amazing, Shlomo. Yeah, have you had something? Uh, yes, first of all, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I um, what Shimon was mentioning about, um, about like, questioning, like, that, that is it for sure that when Hashem does something, you know, that I can handle it, pass it, or Right. Like that's my, uh, you know, thing that I put in. If I exactly. Give this to me, it must be it's because exactly. I get to the other side and I have to know it and I have to be good at it and I have to show it, you know. Exactly. But, but maybe Hashem, you know, when, when it says that Hashem is giving us a challenge that he can't handle, maybe that challenge isn't necessarily what I think it is. Like maybe it's just to, to just accept and to just live with that challenge and to, to adapt. You know, my schedule or beautiful. whatever it might be to that challenge. Beautiful. Yeah. So, beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. 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 Amazing.
Yeah, that's true. Well, what does it mean that when you fight reality, it's a new situation? Does it mean that you're trying to change reality or you're just in denial of what reality is? Right. Because I can understand because you want to say you can't change a person, I understand, but there are right. some situations where reality is a bad reality and you can actually change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, correct. And that's not, so, so when I say that, I'm saying you're not going to make a cat bark. Right, you could go to that's that's a reality. Right, I mean, there are certain things that in relationships with people that people are not going to going to change. A person's not going to certain things when you accept. Right, what's that? That's the serenity prayer. Right, when you accept the things that cannot you cannot change, and you have the um, courage to change the things that you could change, and the wisdom. To know the difference. So that's what you're talking about. I, it's good. It is important to know that I could change certain things about. But usually, I just want to say this. Usually our focus of change is on the other person. I have to first say, what are the things like you to saying? There could be things I can't even change about myself so fast. I have to sometimes accept the fact that I can't change certain things about myself right now. Maybe there are certain things that I can't change. There are certain things that I could change. I could have a better attitude maybe. But if a person, let's say, has certain deficiencies in his in his skills or has to, that you can't change right now, it could be eventually you could change it. If a person's dyslexic, it could be he can't change that. He could accept the fact that I'm dyslexic. A guy can't say I'm not ADHD. I'm not ADD. You're ADD. Okay, you could say oh, it's uh, not true the way they diagnose me. Okay, but I'm saying I'm distracted all the time. What can I do? Those are things I can accept. And then I could say, okay, what could I do with that? That's usually what happens is that, yeah, 100%, there are things that we could change. I think most of the time the problem is, is that we try and change the things we can, and we try and accept the things that we can. And that's, that's the problem. We accept the things that we can change, right? You can't change the weather. <laughs> but I could change my weather. But what do we do? Oh, I wish the weather outside was good. What did, what did I just do? I just did the exact opposite. I'm not changing my inside weather, and I'm blaming the outside weather. Yeah. Okay. Let's learn. Shkoyach uh, Rafael. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay. Let's. Anyone else? Question, comments as we start the halacha. Let's start the halacha of talking, and that's why we love talking about the halachas of talking about other people, because as long, and I'm going to say this. As long as you're in your roommate's head, as long as you're in your parents' head, as long as you're in your, your, your spouse's head, whatever it might be, as long as you're in some of your, your bosses, your, whatever it might be, your, your, whoever's someone else's world, it's going to be very, very hard for you. If you're in your own world of what could I do, how could I change, how could I look at things differently, and how could I learn to become someone who's more in touch with me. And I'm not focused on everybody else, but I'm focused on myself. That is the beginning, it's the first step. It's the first step to freedom, it's the first step to happiness, it's the first step to create the life that you wanna live. That's the first step. After that comes other things, but as long as you are holding the victim card, as long as you're holding the card that it's everybody else's fault, that it's everybody else's fault, it's everybody else's fault, what they did to me, my past, my parents, 
my, my siblings, my uh, rebellion, my schools, my community, whatever card you're pulling. And you know what? You might have a valid, you might have a valid reason to be how you are. It might be 100% valid, but at the end of the day, you're not going to change and live the life you want to live as long as you are in that world. As long as you're in that headspace, you won't be able to live the life that you want to live. Okay, so with that in mind, let's learn the halacha, page 291, day 110. Right? So when the Lashonar is not relevant to you, and it was already said. The last lesson explained that if someone is in the middle of talking and you suspect that he will be speaking Lashonar, right? Yesterday we spoke about, right, if somebody says, is in the middle of speaking Lashonara, what are you supposed to do? You have to ask him right away whether or not the information is relevant. Someone starts saying, oh, by the way, do you know that so-and-so, wait, 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 hold up, do I need to hear that information? I don't know if I want to hear that information. Or like Shimon would say, you can walk away from that person. Uh, listen, I'm trying to, be, trying to be careful not listening about other people. Everyone, and by the way, everybody will respect you if you say that. They might not admit it on, in the moment because, you call, because you're offending them. If you walk out of a room conversation, if you're sitting with other people and they're talking about other people and you say, I don't want to be, I, you know, I'd rather not be here or talking about other people. People might get uncomfortable because you're sort of calling them out, but at the end of the day, they will have tremendous respect for you. So he says, so let's say you're in the middle. So he says, your friend says, you know, my neighbor, Mrs. So-and-so is so self-centered. She would never take my children off the bus for me if I arrived late. You realize at the end of the sentence, uh-oh, I just heard Lashon Hara. What are you supposed to do? So number one, you have to try and find a schus for that person. You could say something back to the person. Oh, it could be she was busy between her full-time job, taking care of her own children. I'm sure she would help. She would help you if she were not so busy. You could say that. Now, if you know that your friend is the type who will not let you have the last word, and she's going to say, oh, no, no, that's not true. Then you could just say, let's, let's not talk about it. So if you're talking to a friend and he says to you something negative about someone, you can try and correct it. If you see by correcting it, all that's going to do is going to awaken more hatred or more whatever it is to that person, don't say anything. You say, okay, let's not talk about it. But if you're able to correct her or him, then I would do that. Yes, Aroni. Yeah, that's for sure. Correct. That's what you believe in, but we're saying more. You want That's for sure. The question is, can I say something afterwards? Right. Afterwards, you're not supposed to believe in. Correct. But we're saying, what do I say to that person? Do I just sit there when they told you Lashonara and just be like, oh, yeah. Or you say, no. You got to protect the, the person they're speaking about. Say, it could be it's not true. It could be it's not true. But then you have to be careful who it is, right? Like we always say, we all know who we're talking to. You'll know when you're talking to someone, is that a person who is someone who loves talking about other people? And then you have to question yourself. And the question to yourself is, why am I having a conversation with that person? Why am I hanging around that person? Why is this person my friend if every time we get together, we talk negative or I hear negativity? Then the question's on you. Why are you keep on going to, uh, to the dirty you know, waters and keep on drinking from the same uh, you know, dirty well, so to speak. Okay, Hashem will help us, each and every one of us. Let us be zocha to not speak any lashon hara. 
not to listen to any Lashon Hara, not to believe any Lashon Hara. And most importantly, as the Chavetz Chaim says, all we have to do is try as best as we can to learn the Halachas. All we have to do is try and remind ourselves every day of the importance of not talking about other people and not focusing on other people. And b'schus that, with that b'schus that we do that, Hashem will help all of us not to see any bad in anybody, not to look at anyone, and to really just focus on ourselves to live the life that we want to live, us and all the Jewish people. Amen. Okay. Um, We continue in, uh, just for a few minutes, we continue in Ahava, where we're talking about love, the relationship of loving Hashem, and loving, how to come to love Hashem, and how your perspective um, of life is within loving Hashem. We said there are two parts to that. The first one is when a person realizes that everything that Hashem, everything that Hashem does is for the good. And that's sometimes very difficult for a person to realize because we have a very limited understanding of things. And just like a little child, when a parent tells him, you cannot eat this thing, or a parent tells a child, you cannot walk in the street. It's like, why are you doing that to me? But as you get older, you realize that it's for my benefit. So too with Hashem, it's the same way. As a person gets older, and a person realizes why things are done for him, and you say, oh, you know what? That was actually the best thing for me. I know myself. I know when I was growing up, I know that I grew up a little bit old school. My father, Allah Shalom, was, uh, was old school. And uh, I grew up where, you know, we were, very, we were disciplined. We had a lot of discipline. And I remember I had a chevra. I was friends with a lot, of, a lot of guys. And they had much less discipline. And they'd say, oh, we could stay out as long as we want to stay out. We don't have to, you know... Uh, we, 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 we sort of, there was like a, a hefker. You know, you could do whatever you want. And I remember being so jealous as a teenager of my friends that they could do whatever they want. And it was, it, was, it was hard for me to accept that. But I realized as I got older, when I saw, you know, the, the way they went and the way I went, is I saw that they were lacking responsibility. They were lacking certain things that I was ingrained because I grew up a certain way. So at the time, because of my das, because my das, my understanding of things was limited. So I thought it was the worst thing in the world. As I got older, I learned to appreciate exactly what was being done for me. First, it was being done to me. So, so to that, that's with Hashem. With Hashem, sometimes you're going to wonder, you're going to say, why did I have to grow up like this? Why did I have to grow up with such a crazy this? Why did I have to grow up like this? Why did I have to go through this? Why did my parents have to do this? Why did I have to do, go here? Why did I have to go to this school? Why did I have to deal with this principle? And then when you get older and you get older, you realize, oh my gosh, that shaped me, that helped me, that actually was the greatest gift for me. So that's number one. The second thing, which we said yesterday, is that my commitment, my commitment is to Hashem. Love is not what I could get from you. Love is what I could do for you. When you love someone, when you want to love someone, then you're committed through thick and thin, like we said yesterday. When someone asks you who you love them, say, could you do me a favor? You go, sure, what can I do for you? Why? Because I want 
to have this relationship with you. I want to be in this relationship with you. So you're willing to say, okay, it might be whatever, whatever it might be. When a person looks at that with God and he says, okay, you know what? What does Hashem want from me? What does Hashem want from me? Make a list. What do I think God wants from me right now? Does He want me to strengthen my Shabbos? Does He want me to strengthen my Shmira Seinayim? What I look at, does He want me to strengthen my, my learning Torah? Does He want me to strengthen my relationships? I don't know. But whatever it is, what do I want to give to Him on that level? Question, comments on that. And then we will move to... Um, we will then move to... Let's say after that, Dvekas. Okay. Question, comments, please. Yes. To- Tomer? Yeah. Tomer. Um, so a nice way I uh, heard that summed up is that you don't do things for people because you love them. You learn to love them because you do things for them. Oh, I like that one. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like that. You don't, you don't, he said, you don't... Um, do you don't do things for people because you love them. You love people because you do things for them, which is so true. That's why parents love children more than children love parents because children don't do uh, for their parents as much as the parents do for them. When you do for someone, you love them. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And what's ironic is that we live in a world where what is love? Love is, ah, what could you do for me? I need you to take care of me. I need you to do for me, which is important. You need, you need, see the problem is if you grow up, a lot of times people grow up, if you grow up with empty love, with not love, so you're always craving love. That's, that's, that's where it gets difficult. If you grew up that you didn't feel, and usually that comes from being in touch with the wrong love language which means your parents might have loved you, but they might not, or people might have loved you, but they might not have been tuned in to your love language. So you might know intellectually that my father loves me, my mother loves me, my brothers, my family loves me, but they might not have been tuned in to your love language. So what happens is, you are empty of love. And what happens is, like Tomer is saying, what happens is, I want to fill up the love from everybody else and I need that love from everybody else as opposed to me filling up myself with love now the challenge of that is that if you're waiting to get love from everybody else and you need love from everybody else so what happens is is that you'll never be fulfilled with that you'll never be satisfied because you need the love to come from everybody else but you need to learn every one of us has to learn it's hard to learn this to fill yourself up with love as well. Now, I can then have my wife, I can then have my close friend, I can then have other people uh, supplement some of the love. I could have myself, uh, you know, not all my love. I could have people help me love myself. But if I'm dependent, most of the time the way it works, and this happens a lot when people have trauma and people feel tremendous shame like we spoke about. There's a lot of shame, embarrassment. Deep down, I feel there's something wrong with me. So it's like a cup that has a hole in it. So someone can come over to me and give me a hug. Someone can say, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. They could give you gifts. They could spend time with you. All the five love languages. But if I have a hole in my cup, 
So what happens? They love, they love, they love, right? Ah, ah, feels great. Then I walk to my room, or then I go on a bus. I'm away for a, a, a day, however long, how, it depends how big your hole is. If you have a big hole, it'll last for 10 minutes. If you have a tiny hole, like a few days later, you're like, why am I feeling so empty again? The reason you're feeling so empty again is because you have a hole in your cup. You have a hole, let's say we'll call it, in your heart. You have a hole somewhere that you're, that's why people go to, go to escapes. That's why people go to addictions. That's why people start uh, with, with, with uh, drugs and alcohol and, and escaping. Why? Because they can't fill up the love, so therefore they sort of avoid it and they try and fill it up themselves. But unfortunately, that just makes the hole bigger. Yeah, whatever, that's a whole separate conversation what that does. But the point is, is that it's very, very important for a person to be able to create himself to be a vessel for love. A vessel for love, because when you're a vessel, when you're a clea of strength, when your vessel is strong, and someone says, hey, you're awesome, that sticks for a long time. As opposed to, he's awesome, first you go, yeah, right, I'm not awesome. No, I'm not, no, I'm not. First you go into the like, you know, I can't really accept, right? We fight, we fight things like that, which is, which is a, a problem. I'm saying that's the first thing. No, I'm not awesome. We try and have self-defeat. I can't feel good about myself. I'm afraid to feel good about myself. The reason we're afraid to feel good about ourselves is one reason. We're not used to feeling good about ourselves. So when someone tells me, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you're the best, you're great, you're like, he must be lying. He's talking to the wrong guy. I'm not awesome, I'm not. Why? Because I'm not used to feeling awesome. I'm not used to telling myself that I'm awesome. I'm used to telling myself that I'm terrible. I'm, my, my teachers told me I'm terrible. Uh, this situation showed me how terrible I am. God, I think, thinks that I'm terrible. Whatever you might be, the whole world. So when some guy comes over to you and says, you're awesome, you're like, he's the liar. He's the liar because I know everybody else has been telling me otherwise. Yes, yeah, Rafael, and then we'll wrap up. Yes. This is the time and place for this. Well, yeah, you'll try. We'll see, yeah. Because uh, it was really off topic. But, yeah. Uh, Great question. So I, I think it might be a little bit the time. We'll discuss a little bit. It's definitely, I, I, I'm sure everyone here has major, major opinions about this. What Rafil, I think, is asking, I'll just bring it up, is about chinuch, um, is about what are you going to do with your children? Most of the time, this is the way it works. Most of the time, if, if you were heavily disciplined, I mean, it, it goes two ways, but let's just, we'll use this model. If you were overly disciplined by your father, or by your mother, or by teachers, or by rebellion, or by something, most of the time you're going to sit there and say, I'm not going to do that to my kids, I'm going the opposite extreme. The opposite extreme. I'm going to let my kids do whatever I want. Sometimes you follow suit, but let's go with that model because I think we can all relate to that. Right? I think that's a little bit what, what Rafil is asking. Right? And then sometimes it's like you had no discipline, 
you might be like, it also depends on the order you are in your family. Oldest children, oldest children usually feel naturally a lot of pressure. They feel a lot of pressure, even without anyone saying anything, because when they were born, the parents, if you ever notice, when parents have the first child, they're like, everything they do, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, then they start walking, whoa, whoa, whoa. By the time you get to the fifth child, you're like, I didn't even look at that child, like, who's got time, who cares? You have your other child. Youngest children, sometimes it's the opposite. The, the young, again, I'm not saying this, these are like, you know, they're always exceptions to the rule, but Yehuda can, uh, you know, anyone who's studied any psychology or anyone who knows people a little bit, there are very much, uh, rule, you know, not rules, but, but uh, frameworks for this. What? Theories or whatever, right. But what? Tendencies. Thank you. That's a good word. Tendencies. Right? What's the pshat? The pshat is when you're younger and you're from the younger flow of your family, especially if you're in a big family, you got away with murder. Right? And what happens? The older children are always like, oh my gosh, dad, mom. You, you, you see what the little kids are, are right? You see what they're, how they're disciplining the little children? You didn't let me get away with that. You didn't let me do that. Oh, this generation, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. What? I was the youngest. Right, you're the youngest. Uh, what? My, my, my siblings tell me that all the time. They tell you that all the time. Why? Because they're jealous of you, Chaim because you're the youngest, you're the baby. Everyone cuddles you and this and that. And the oldest is like, oh my gosh, if only I had it. Okay, we all have, we all have our stories, we all have our things. So why am I mentioning Terraville? That at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not about the generation um, when it comes to these clolum of education and love. There are principles of discipline and there are principles of, when I say principles, I mean there are certain fundamental values that don't change. It doesn't change in a generation. Someone, every child needs discipline. Every child needs to hear no. Every child needs a hug and needs love. It doesn't matter if you're from old school. Old school didn't hug and they didn't say I love you. I don't know why, but that's not what they did. I don't know if that was necessarily so good. I think that kids need hugs and kids need love. I'm not judging any generation. I'm saying there's a discipline that the older school generation had and that's very, very, very valuable for our generation. And it's very important. Again, we're not going to be able to do it all in this, in this uh, forum right now. I'm saying every child needs everything. Every child needs a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of love. And when I say love... That means needs to, you have to know your child's love language. If you don't know your love language, you're not gonna know your child's love language. Every parent needs to know their child's love language. And every child is different. This child, it's words of affirmation. Then you have to tell them, I love you more. This child, they might need physical touch. You gotta hug them more. This child needs quality time. You gotta spend time with them. And you have to be a chacham and a bucky. You have to be wise. You have to be an expert in what my child's love language is. A person also has to If you let your child do whatever they want to do, you hate them. I mean, it doesn't mean you hate them, but you're hurting your child. But at the same time, if your child is getting love from you, and your child knows that you love them, and this we all know, you could tell anybody anything, if they know, if that person knows that you love them. 
If someone knows you love them, then you could say what you're doing is not appropriate and it's not correct, and they know that it's coming from love. If you, if that love is not there, if that feeling of love is not there, you can't tell them anything. You can't tell them anything. And based on what that is, okay, now I don't, I don't know if we did justice to your question, but, but, but it's very, very, very important because the generation of, I'm gonna let my kids do whatever I want. I'm gonna let my kids do whatever they want. And at the end of the day, it comes down to yourself. Because if you're disciplined appropriately and you have proper balance, you will give that over to your children. And then, okay, this, this I'll, I'll end off with this. Then you have your wife to deal with. What does that mean? You could be all set up in your ways, then you have your wife with her history and with her parents and with, with her uh, bottom lines. And then she's saying, oh, wow, you grew up, you grew up without discipline. So you're going to come and you're going to discipline a lot. Your wife grew up maybe with a lot of discipline. And she's going to be like, I'm going to let everybody go. So what happens? You're going to be fighting with your wife about your children. So that's uh, stage. That we'll talk maybe about tomorrow. If someone can remind me, even though we're not doing a uh, Shalom Bias or a uh, education class, but it's all the same stuff. At the end of the day, the best thing you could do for your children, this you guys can remember, we're not, not, not everyone here are husbands, but just remember, the best thing you could do for your children is love your spouse and have a great relationship with your spouse. It's the best thing you could do for your children on a practical level and on a non-practical level. So that will end off with that. Um, Hashem will help each and every one of us as we're learning. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. We're here to, to change. And change as... Um, Yehuda mentioned, doesn't always mean changing, that I have to, you know, change in a physical sense. It could be I have to change and I gotta start accepting and loving myself more. People think, oh, when you say I gotta change, that means that I gotta, I gotta discipline myself. So, for some people, you do gotta discipline yourself more. For some people, change means I gotta be a little bit nicer to myself. I gotta appreciate all the wonderful gifts that I have. That probably we all, have, we all can do more and more. Hashem will help us all just to remember. The most important thing is don't worry about your future and don't be scared. Don't be scared about your future. Don't be scared about your future. And your past, there's nothing you can do about your past. The best thing you can do for your past and the best thing you can do to help your future is live today. Let us all be zochah to have an amazing first day of the rest of our life. Have a wonderful day, everybody. I mean, how do you learn a love language? There's a book. Thank <laughs> you.